Here they come to the line. The track is green. The checkered flag waves. Ryan Blaney fine wins the all-star race. Thank gosh that happened that way. That's exactly who That's needed to win this race. He deserved to win the race. Took care of business. Adversity took care of the wind and net. Washed that out of his mind and went up there and got him a great restart again. Congratulations and great job, my million-dollar man, Ryan Blaney. Hello and welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we've got a big one for the longest race of the year. So to give a quick preview of what we're going to go over on this episode, first we have to take a look back begrudgingly at the All-Star race and give the recap from that. And uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't that great. And then we will look ahead to Charlotte. So another mile and a half track, the Coke 600, the Crown Jewel event here, or one of them. So we will break that down, track stats, everything to do with Charlotte, and then start to pick some winners. Outrights, finishing positions. There's a prop bet, a bet of the week once again. So looking forward to, you know, looking and see what we have this week for Charlotte. And then I'm very happy because we've got a great conversation coming up with a familiar face. It's Derek at Picks by Blaze on Twitter, and he is joining me for the second half of this podcast to get into Charlotte, see what he's been up to lately, and do a modified full tank face-off. So you'll see what we mean when we get there because we've changed it a little bit for a couple different reasons. So looking to see we're one in one this year with Derek on as far as the face-off is concerned. So it's the rubber match. So we'll see what we come out with out of that conversation. So happy to have Derek back on. So let's take a look back at the all-star race. And I think the one thing we can all agree on is that Texas just isn't it. It is a, it was a good effort, you know, when they showed all the different things that they have going on, the racetrack itself does everything they could possibly do. They try to spice it up with all these different events within the racetrack and the facility to make it entertaining for the fans who are going there. They've got car shows, they've got dog shows, they've got you know people flying out of cannons, all sorts of things that the Fox broadcast was advertising and showing us. And it was all just to kind of protect the quality of racing that we saw on the racetrack because it was not great. It was actually like really bad. And so we were saying like this next gen car, if it can make Texas great, it can make anything great. And we were saying, you know, maybe it hasn't been the tracks fault, the tracks that have recently got removed from the schedule. Maybe the next gen car can help with them as well. Well, that is simply not true in every single case. So Texas did not come through. The next-gen car did not come through for them. And so it was uh, tough to watch, really. And Blaney is your winner. So th- there's two different schools of thought or, or two different levels to the frustration around this race. And it was first the fact that you just could not pass for the lead. Um, so before we even get to the ending – we can talk about Kyle Larson, who had a tire issue. I mean, there were blown tires left and right. So that was one thing. But Larson had an interview after he got out of the care center saying, hey, this is Kyle's race to lose here. 
because there's nobody that can pass for the lead. And he was right. And I thought that that was pretty different to see a, a driver really coming at the track like that. We have not seen that much out of Larson. Uh, so very interesting for his perspective there on the broadcast. Like they did not censor that whatsoever. So that was kind of a black eye a little bit for NASCAR. Um, you cannot pass for the lead. It was super boring until they started to have problems like the blown tires. And then there was a huge wreck. Kyle Busch leading the race getting mauled from behind by Chastain, who went on his side. So that was interesting to watch, seeing guys that were heavy hitters get wiped out. Yeah, sure, you want to see who can step up and get it done. But the the fact is, the actual racing product, if you take the blown tires out of it, was just you know poor to quite poor. So that was one side of it. And then you had the ending, which was Ryan Blaney. They, they changed the rules for the All-Star race where it's not something where the next flag ends it after the white flag. It's got to stay green all the way to the finish line, which is different than every other race on the schedule. And I don't think they did a great job explaining that ahead of time. It was kind of like, okay, here, by the way, it's the last lap. And, oh, it's got to stay green the whole way. And, of course, they have a car in the wall. They came out afterwards and said that the caution was thrown prematurely, which was embarrassing. But... Blaney throws his window net down, thinking that he won. And then we've got that situation. So that's definitely filling up the airwaves on NASCAR radio this week, talking about should they have let Blaney stay out with no window net up or or partially up because you cannot put that back in from the inside. Or should they have black flagged him and and made him come down and, you know, taken the win a million dollars away from him? It's a quite a dilemma, and I think NASCAR made the decision because they felt bad that they did that to Blaney, that they just let him go out and see if he could do it again, which he did, but Denny Hamlin spoke out about it afterwards, like this is a, a double standard. He would have done exactly what Blaney did, but in the scheme of things, from a high level, it's uh, just so inconsistent from NASCAR's point of view. So just a, a complete debacle, really. I mean, not what you want when you're talking about an all-star event, from any sport standpoint, you don't want this was, you know, almost as bad as baseball tying uh, years and years and years ago in their all star game. It's just embarrassing. So, not good. As far as the, the positives are concerned, I thought the qualifying was actually pretty cool. Um, I know that there were some haters on Twitter talking about, you know, oh, this seems so forced and um, what are we doing here? There, there's better ways to involve the pit crew. I thought it was interesting. I liked the bla- the bracket format, and I know that there wasn't much competition right after the jack dropped and the cars went. On the track, that one lap, you know, whoever made it off pit road, that was who was going to win. So um, you probably could have just done it in seconds, um, just race to the end of pit road, really. But for the most part, I thought it was cool to involve the, the pit crews and the bracket format around it made it interesting to me. So I would look to do something like that in the future if this event continues uh, on, which I think they really need to reevaluate that in general. But the pit crew um, gambling on the poll. We had Kyle Bush on the podcast last weekend as a plus 600 option. We called that out. Um, when we talked about him to win the race, and he got it done. So plus 600. I actually forgot to put that bet in, but I'm glad we called it out on the episode last week because it made sense. He's got a damn good pit crew, and they came through for him. So good stuff there. Um, 
Then we called out Austin Sindrick over Chase Briscoe as our Tool Hangers Bet of the Week for the All-Star Race, and that was as easy as a win as you could possibly get. Uh, Briscoe was completely useless in that race, and Sindrick was competing for the win. So it was um, really best of both worlds when you're looking at that head-to-head matchup from our standpoint. So um, there were a couple positives, you know, in that sense, but overall the, the All-Star Race, man, they really need to reevaluate that because – it's not in a great spot. There are so many different ideas that are thrown around on Twitter and social media in general. There has to be someone out there on NASCAR that's like paying attention to this. Like, what can we do here from a realistic logistic standpoint to make this event worth something? You know, it's not it's not getting it done the way they're doing it now. So with that, let's move to Charlotte, the home, the hub of NASCAR. The, the home of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's a pretty big deal for NASCAR to be racing here. This is where most of the guys live in this general area. So home race for just about everyone. And like I said, it's a crown jewel event, right? We've got the Daytona 500. We've got the Southern 500, the Coke 600. And then there's debate on what the fourth one is. If we had majors in NASCAR like uh, golf, but Big race, longest race of the year. And and me personally, I get hyped up for the Coke 600 for a couple reasons. One, I love night races. I love NASCAR races that are long at night because it's just more of a hangout opportunity to drink some beers and watch cars go around the track. It's fun. It's also my birthday weekend, so always a little extra pumped about that. So going into the weekend, obviously I'm, I'm really fired up. But looking back... I kind of had this bad taste in my mouth. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It's Memorial Day. A lot of racing going on overall this weekend. But I can remember back thinking, wait, I'm not really satisfied with the Coke 600. So I took a look back at the Jeff Gluck, was it a good race poll, to see if there was any truth to that memory. And honestly, there is a very good context behind that because according to the good race poll, There's only been one race. The 2018 Coke 600 was 85% yes, it was a good race. Every other race since 2016 has been 55% or low, which is, by the way, not good in the whole scheme of things on his poll. So that is uh, interesting. You know, it's kind of upsetting when you go into a race weekend and you're super hyped up and then you come out and you're not really feeling that it was that great. Part of the reason for that is because there have been opportunities for drivers to absolutely dominate. We look at Truex, we look at Larson last year, guys just completely running away with it. So there's not too many instances of, you know, like big time surprises like Austin Dillon a few years ago is is one example of that. That doesn't happen all the time. Um, So really... You're leaving there saying, oh, that was a bit of a snoozer. That's why you want to gamble on this race, like in my opinion, you know, because if there's a guy up front running away with it, hopefully you have other bets sprinkled in throughout the field that you're paying attention to. That's why gambling on this sport is so fun. So, you know, even if it's a snooze fest, as far as the leader is concerned, you still have action on it to make it interesting for yourself. Now, next gen car maybe makes Charlotte a little bit more interesting than it has been in the past six years. We'll see. You also got to figure that the next gen and the testing that goes into, you know, the home of NASCAR, the hub, this is probably where they're doing a lot of their internal testing. And you'd have to imagine that as they're building this vehicle, they're thinking of a track like Charlotte 
they have that in mind as they're designing this car. So that's something to maybe have hope for, this race being a little bit more competitive than it has been in the more recent past. So we'll see. Let's get into the track stats then, as far as Charlotte is concerned. It's been part of this Cup Series circuit for a very long time, 123 races in the Cup Series. The winner has started from the pole 18 times, and the last time it happened was Kyle Larson last year. That kind of attributed to a bit of a, a down numbers there as far as was it a good race, Larson dominating from the pole. Top five, the winner has started there 56% of the time, and top 10, 74% of the time. Pretty standard for what we're used to seeing on mile-and-a-half tracks. The winner has only started outside of the top 10 10 times, and the last time it happened was that surprise from Austin Dillon in 2017 where he started 22nd. Manufacturer trends, there's only one thing to really call out here, and it's that Ford has struggled over the last 10 to 13 races. In the last 13, they only have two victories. So that's something, you know, we're looking for patterns or trends. That's the only trend that jumps off the page to me. Chevy and Toyota, they're pretty even across the board. In the last 10 races, uh, we've got two wins for Ford and four apiece for Chevy and Toyota. So, you know, if you're going to look for someone to bet on this weekend, I would look to those two manufacturers over Ford because they just haven't been able to really figure it out lately. So... The other thing that we want to look at is the data that I'm going to be calling out when I'm throwing stats your way on this episode. I am filtering by the last five Coke 600s because there have been some races at Charlotte that, you know, there was one during the, the pandemic season where it was less than 600 miles and going all the way back to 2016, you can find a, another race there. I'm not worried about that. You'll hear me say in the last five 600s, that's what I'm talking about. So we talk about average finish and driver rating. I'm going with those last five races because the Coke 600 deserves that. It's its own beast. It's a battle of attrition. You're going to hear us talking about that. People on the broadcast are going to be saying that. It's who can survive this huge race. The other thing that we want to call out is something around this season. So now we've had two mile and a half with the next-gen car in 2022, officially. Uh, I know before I was looping in Dover when we were going to Kansas. Um, I had Dover combined with Vegas. But now we have two official mile and a half racetracks with the next-gen car. So we're going to combine Vegas and Kansas together to get the speed rankings and how these guys are doing right now. So you're going to hear me talk about that. It's just those two races. We're not counting Atlanta since that's a super speedway. And we're getting that from ifantasyrace.com. So you can go on there and get those rankings from that website because that's what we're working off of when I call out that stat this weekend. So um, I, I think one thing that I noticed when they drop the odds, if you're going to be betting this weekend, you definitely want to shop around. If you do have accounts at multiple sports books, you know, Barstool, FanDuel hasn't had anything out yet. DraftKings and MGM, they've got different odds for their favorites. Just Barstool versus DraftKings, there's a pretty big discrepancy in who's the favorite and what the odds are. So um, you definitely want to look around to see what you can get the best of. So let's start talking about guys that we like to win the race. And there's one person that I'm calling out specifically, and this is someone that you can get 
at a pretty good value on Barstool compared to DraftKings. So it's Kyle Busch, who's going off right now as I speak at plus 700. Now on DraftKings, his value is plus 550. So that's a pretty big difference. And that tells me that there's value here as the gambler to get him at that number. You know what I mean? He's he's a co-favorite on DraftKings. Whereas on Barstool, he's like third or fourth down. So what's going on there with Barstool? Maybe they're just off or they're giving you an opportunity to make some money. I don't know. Um, I would say that, you know, just like Kyle Larson said it about the all-star race, I would really say that this is Kyle's race to lose uh, this Sunday at the Coke 600. So if you're looking at the last five 600s, one win and five top fives, 100% top five percentage. No one else in the field has even four top fives in that span. So that's super impressive. And this is what really is the kicker with Kyle Busch. His average finish is 2.6 in five races. That's unbelievable. He's first. Like, who would imagine that in five races at any racetrack, you'd be able to get a 2.6 average finish? It's just insane. And to have that happen on the NASCAR's longest race, it's nuts. His top five odds right now are minus 140. Like, that's just crazy to think about. But clearly, you know, they think that he's that good to finish in the top five. So I definitely want to take that. I'm going to talk about some parlays that we're going to throw in across all motorsports in just a bit. Um, But, you know, top five, minus 140, a little too expensive to take by itself, so you want to juice that up with some other things. Getting back to why he's a good outright pick here, driver rating 124.4. Obviously, that's first yet again. Insane numbers there. And his average running position at the Coke 600 in the last five is 4.4. So he's consistently up front. And the other thing about what we're talking about here is this is a battle of attrition. So Kyle Busch and his team, that 18 team, we have seen that they are able to overcome adversity, not just at the 600, but across the board, especially this season. They've had some times this season where they've been bumped back due to an issue on pit road or, or maybe a blown tire, and they've survived and come back and fought all the way back up to the top 10. This is a driver that I see being able to do that. In the 600, you need a team like that. You need a driver like that because if you have an issue early in stage one or even stage two or three, then you're not out of it. There is so much time left in the race to be able to just regroup. You know, something goes wrong in pit road in stage one. Okay, fine. You're a couple laps down. Great. There'll be some cautions. We'll, we'll get back on the lead lap and then you're back in it. So he is someone that I can see overcoming that type of thing. Even though he's not, you know, maybe all that mature on the radio, I think the team has the ability to bounce back. So something to keep in mind there. And, and he has completed every single lap of the Coke 600 in the last five of them. That is just an absolutely crazy stat. No one else has that um, thing to add to their resume. So another reason why that you know top five was definitely a lock and, and plus 700 is damn good. Now looking at 2022, I really think he's starting to come alive here in the all-star race at Texas mile-and-a-half track. He looked great, won the pole. No one could touch him. And his speed rank from Kansas and Vegas 
is tied for third. 4.5 is the average speed rank there for Kyle. So I think there's just a lot of things contributing to the fact that he's a, a really good pick for an outright this week, especially at that number, plus 700. So let's move on then to somebody else. You know what I mean? If it's not going to be Kyle, which I really think is the pick, who else could it be? You know, we want to sprinkle some bets across a couple outrights. So I'm going back to DraftKings here, and I'm seeing some really good value for someone that I thought I would swear off for a while, but I just can't quit him this week. It's Martin Truex Jr. He's plus 1,000. That is another absurd number there. And I think it's because when I think of the Coke 600, like at the beginning of the season, if you were to say, all right, I'm going to go through the schedule and look and see you know, if I can predict the winners of each race without knowing anything about how the season's going to go. The Coke 600 stands out to me as, you know, a Martin Truex race. And it has to be because of 2016 when he led almost every single lap of the 400. He led 392 laps of that race. Only eight did somebody else lead. Barely any cautions in that race. It was Martin Truex's day. And the funny thing is that that race is actually not even counted in the data points that I'm calling out here in the last five. That was outside of the last five Coke 600s. So looking at the last five, he does have one win, three top fives, and four top tens. Average finish is second to Kyle Busch, which is 8.2. So that goes to tell you that the huge difference there between Kyle's average finish, 2.6, and the second place guy, Truex, 8.2. But I digress. We'll stick with Truex here. He's second in driver rating as well, 118.5. And again, that's not considering that dominant race that he had in 2016. In his last 10 races at Charlotte non-road course races, he has three wins, which is crazy good. No one can claim that fact. And he's second in average laps led. Average fastest laps, both to Kyle Busch, just another feather in that cap, but still, both these guys are legit. In 2022, he's tied for third with Kyle in average speed at the mile and a half tracks at 4.5. So Truex, right, we've been talking about him as someone who hasn't really gotten it done. You know, we've thrown a lot of money on him this year to win the race and and other bets, and he's let us down from time to time and, and really most of the time, but that would lead someone to believe like, oh, well, he's really not having that great of a year. Well, you know, in those two mile and a half, he's been fast. That's what you want here. And in 2022, he is second in quality passes within the top 15. That is something that, you know, you really dig in deep, you know, you start to hit those deep tracks here and see stats like that, like, wow, you know what I mean? He's not just passing guys at the back and, and jacking up those stats or juicing those stats. He's passing cars within the top 15. So um, he's primed to be a, a top five uh, in the top five area this week at the Coke 600. So I think this value is huge, plus 1,000 on DraftKings. That's you know way more than I thought that we would get. So I'm happy as the gambler there. And then also his paint scheme is absolutely sick. The red, white, and blue Bass Pro Shops car with the black rifle on the sides. I love it. Um, so going with Martin Truex Jr. plus 1,000, lock that one in. So now I'm going to throw one out a little bit more of a longer shot 
there really are some long shots out there that could make sense to you. Uh, but I'm going with someone that I've called out recently. We've hit a couple times on him this year, at least once. It's Ross Chastain. So I was on Ross's bandwagon earlier in the season. Then I hopped off, and he had a lot more success. So now I'm back on, and he's plus 1,400. Like, we're still not seeing the respect from the sports books for Ross, even though he continuously gets it done at these tracks in 2022. So maybe the lack of respect is coming from the fact that the 42 car last year when Ross was driving it did not have a good race. They had a bad finish. He finished like 37th or something. And there was something that went wrong earlier in the race. And that, you know, I I don't know or don't remember what that was for the 42, but I do know that there were some redeeming qualities of that race that you can point to and say, hey, Ross is no schlub at Charlotte when he's in decent equipment because he qualified 10th and he had... 12 fastest laps in that race. That's good enough for eighth out of everyone during that race. So that was all happening before he ran into trouble. He was running within the top 15 before that trouble hit earlier in the race. So with all of that being said, it's really impossible to resist taking Ross at this number because of this year that he's having. On mile and a half tracks, the the two that we've seen, he's first in the speed rankings. He had second fastest in Vegas and third at Kansas. He had a very fast week at Texas um, just a week ago. So there's nothing that I'm seeing out of the one car right now in 2022 that makes me say, oh, I wouldn't want to take him at that number. Plus 1,400? Give me a break. Like, that's going to go down, I would have to imagine, this weekend. So I really like it. And until I start to see value on Ross start to dip into that, like, plus 600, plus 550 mode like we're seeing for a couple guys this weekend i'm gonna have ross on my card like this value just is is too much to resist so i would look to ross top five i would look to him to to win the race as well and uh lock it in because i think that number is going to change this weekend so to recap the three guys that i'm calling out to win the race we're going to go with ross chastain plus 1400 super value there truex jr plus 1000 on DraftKings, and then kyle bush my favorite this week at plus 700. You can get him on Barstool while you can. All right, all right, all right. So next up is the finishing position segment, and we've got a few different types of bets to talk about here, including some bets outside of the Cup Series. So a lot of things to get to in a jam-packed segment here. So let's get to it, and I'm going to start with my Tool Hangers Bet of the Week. That's right. We hit the all-star race bet last weekend, took a swinging shot at Eric Jones for the Open, and uh, that was plus 1,000. Missed on that one, but we hit with Cindric. So that gets our Tool Hangers gift card pot up to just above $34, which is a a decent amount there for um, what you can spend on that site. Again, we're giving away a gift card to toolhangers.com. After the Daytona regular season race, for anyone who registers, toolhangers.com slash full tank. You can register for your chance to win that gift card. And if we hit these bets, $10 a piece, it goes into the pot. So it's great. We're having some success there, getting some money for a gift card for someone out there at the end of the regular season. And support toolhangers.com. A fellow NASCAR fan reached out because the listener of the podcast, uh, the, the guy who runs this company. So 
We love it. We want to see it. They specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls, circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, whatever you have in your tool bench area or your garage, you're looking to clean some stuff up. This is a website that you would definitely benefit from. So give them a look at toolhangerswithaz.com and see if you can find something there for you. So the bet that I'm going to throw out there this week, again, I'm got a little bit into the bucket now, so I'm going to get a little bit more um, more comfortable giving up some odds. It's minus 120. All right, so this would be about an eight dollar addition to the pot if it were to hit, and I'm taking Chevy. All right, Chevy as a manufacturer because the reason for this, I personally am taking this bet uh, at a pretty large number because I need action on so many different drivers. Like for my outright picks a second ago, I just called out two Toyota drivers that I really feel strongly about. And I'm about to call out a third one in a finishing position bet. But there are so many Chevy drivers that I feel like could win this race. I need this bet in my wallet. So I'm putting the Tool Hangers Bet of the Week stamp on it. And you look at the Hendrick drivers. They are so good at this racetrack. They are very good at the Coke 600. If we're looking at the driver rating stat for the last five Coke 600s, all four Hendrick drivers are within the top eight in that category. Obviously, they're the only team that has something that they can say like that. And also within that stat, you've got Tyler Reddick thrown in there as well. So, you know, we've got five of the top eight in driver rating the last Coke 600s. We love to see that. And we've got Tyler Reddick himself. Like He is someone that a lot of people are trying to have a watch on. I think people think he's going to break out. This is a racetrack where he's got two top 10s and two starts in the Coke 600s. Pretty good. I think that maybe this year he has some adversity issues. He can't overcome those types of things. So if that were to happen in this racetrack... In this race on Sunday, we need to see a little bit more maturity from him, but the results don't lie. Two Coke 600 and two top 10s, good stuff. So maybe he's ready to take that next step at this track this weekend. Um, we look at Austin Dillon. He's a past winner, surprise winner. That would not shock me whatsoever if we see somebody like him. So RCR is definitely very much in this conversation. Ross Chastain, we called out as a guy who win the race. So there are a lot of different guys that I just can't put my finger on. Somebody like William Byron, somebody like Alex Bowman. I know I talked about how Hendrick is good at this track specifically, but those guys are very interesting to me. I need something on them. So that's why I'm willing to put up a decent chunk of change on this bet so I can feel comfortable across the board with Chevy. Then if you're looking at 2022, the driver rating ranks for this season of how these this year has gone for these guys. Six of the top 10 drivers are Chevy drivers. And the Coke 600, the last two winners of the 600 were Chevy drivers. So I think that this bet is more of an insurance play for me. Like I said, I'm going to be throwing a big ticket on this one. And because of that, I'm throwing the tool hangers bet of the week on this one as well, because I want to add some more money to that piggy bank. So lock it in at minus 120. Next guy I'm going to call out here is a top 10 pick. And he jumped off the page to me early when I started perusing through the stats. 
Um, I was even looking at the stats for Charlotte before the All-Star race, and I just wanted to get a sense of like what was out there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. jumped off the page to me. In his last five races, he has one top five, two top tens, and four top 15s. He's seventh in average finish in the Coke 600, the last five of them. So he seems to know how to make his way around this racetrack. We talked about how long it is, overcoming some problems. You would think that Ricky Stenhouse has the stigma of, you know, wrecky, right? He's going to wreck everyone and, and get into the wall and he's be, be out of the race, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So I'm into it. Then you look at his 2022 season. He's got four top 10 finishes this season. Three of them have come in the last three races. So three straight top 10s, and that's all we're asking for of Ricky here. We're not asking him to, you know, put the whole weight of the world on his shoulders and get a victory. No way. Um, he's plus 5,000 to do that, by the way. But to finish in the top 10, he's plus 100. I see this as a real possibility. He finished second at Dover, eight at Kansas, which is a comparable racetrack. So did pretty well last week in the all-star race. I mean, I don't know how many people called him out to win a stage, but I think a lot of people in the open had people like Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon and Eric Jones and, and Daniel Suarez, guys that would win the stages to advance into the all-star race. And look at Ricky Stenhouse. I mean, he jumped right up and stole the show in stage one. So he, another mile and a half racetrack where he seemed to be pretty fast. So plus 100 for a top 10 for Ricky is not out of the realm of possibility. I really think that this is a, a legit chance here. So lock me in for that 47 car and hopefully Ricky can get it done for us at Charlotte. The next guy I'm going to call out and the last finishing position bet that I'll call out for the, the Cup Series race here before we get into some crazy talk with uh, other races around the area Denny Hamlin, plus 150 to finish top five. All right. I, the, the story with Denny Hamlin this season has been, I was on him earlier in the season. Obviously, it's well documented that he has not been getting it done. So then when I was on one of the betting preview shows that Derek hosts every Wednesday, somebody on that show was saying that they're making a lot of money fading Denny Hamlin. And it's been working. So I started kind of doing the same and head-to-head matchups and such and kind of avoiding him in the, the call-outs for the outright picks to win the race. And it was paying off. But I think we're starting to see a bit of a shift for Denny Hamlin. So it's turnaround time, I guess, is what you could say. He finished fourth at Kansas, which was a, a big deal. He's got a second-place finish to hang his hat on from the All-Star race that was the, the shit show that it was, he finished second. And if the rules were in place the way they were enforced, the way they should have been, maybe he would have won that race with Blaney being uh, black flagged. But I digress. He's been decent at this racetrack. It's been good to him overall. In his last five Coke 600s, he has two top fives and three top tens, sixth in average finish, and 10th in driver rating. So we're just asking him to finish top five. He's got two of them in the last five races. He'll be in that area most likely. Now, in 2022, the down year that he's having, the two mile and a half racetracks, his average speed rank is second, 4.0, which is only second to Ross Chastain. So we got to love that. Um, Denny Hamlin, maybe this is the, the track that gets him really back on track. And I think 
the other thing, the, the intangible stuff that we talk about from time to time, what we're seeing from Denny Hamlin right now is a very comfortable Denny Hamlin for a couple different reasons. One, he had his race team get a victory, right? So Kurt Busch in the 2311 car, the 45 car, got it done, and that takes a huge amount of pressure off Denny Hamlin. So then at the end of the All-Star game, he's out there and he's just ripping NASCAR, just absolutely ripping them about how that went down. Then he's on the Dale Jr. download this week. I haven't given a listen yet, seen some previews. He's just super comfortable right now. It's very clear that he's just very happy right now. And so that type of clear mind is what you're going to need for a 600-mile race. And I think that sets us up for a good chance at a top five for the 11 car. So he's plus 150 to finish in the top five. I don't hate that whatsoever. When you're looking at the top, uh, excuse me, top five odds, they are all stacked up from like plus 150 to plus 175. There's like six drivers that are in that range. I think Denny, out of all of them, has a, a really good chance for all those reasons mentioned. So lock me in there for Denny Hamlin, top five finish, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., plus 100 for a top 10, and Chevy to win the race, minus 120. So those are the finishing position bets that we want to talk about. But I wanted to shift gears and talk about the fact that this is the Motorsports Memorial Day weekend. There are so many different races going on. We've got trucks. We've got Xfinity. We've got the Cup Series and the Coke 600. Sunday by itself is the the best day in motorsports because we've got the Indy 500 as well. So there are so many different things that you can throw some money down on. So we'll start with the trucks. I have not given a a huge look at the trucks yet. We do talk with Derek about that briefly. Um, But my point is, I think what I'm going to be starting to curate is a parlay from all four of the motorsports uh, events that we have this weekend and have like one small thing from each race and have like a four-leg parlay in a bunch of different ways. So, for example, the truck race, we would throw like a Ben Rhodes top five in there or even a, a Kyle Busch top five. You know what I mean? Some things that should definitely happen and, and loop them all together and get some good odds. So look for that. Look for Derek's article about the trucks. Um, I'll drop some more bets later this week on Instagram and or Twitter about that and, and how we're feeling about the truck race. But I wanted to throw some thoughts out there about the Indy 500 as well because they have been – you know, getting after it with a ton of practices. I'm not a huge IndyCar fan, but I always pay attention around this time of year because it's so cool to have the Indy 500 on at 11 a.m. and then you follow that up with the Coke 600. It's just a day that you have there. So some things that stand out to me about the Indy 500. First of all, Scott Dixon is on the pole, and he was somebody that I was reading about before they started doing practice and everything, and guy that seemed like he was uh, in a really good spot. So I like that he won the poll. Um, I would be having him in my outright picks. I was going to have that anyway. Now that he's on the poll, it makes me feel a little confident. I saw one stat that I guess Alex Palo, if that's how you pronounce his name, he had like the fastest lap um, ever in practice. And somebody on Twitter that I follow uh, was calling and does IndyCar stuff was saying that the fastest lap from practice has never produced a winner 
in like 20 some years, like since the 90s. So that was a tweet to basically fade uh, Alex Palo. So that's one thing because I was going to be like, wow, that's awesome. Fastest speed ever. Give me that all day, but maybe avoid that a little bit. Um, I started looking at some head-to-heads and I'm looking at all the practices, right? And what you're seeing with practice with the IndyCar stuff, and I, I don't know what goes on, but there's been like six or seven or eight practices. And so you'll see some guys are up and some guys are down depending on what the practice is. So maybe they're trying to do different things at different times. But one thing that stands out to me is that Jimmy Johnson, this is going to sound silly, but I know that he's struggled in IndyCar, but he's had some really good practice times uh, throughout the, the two weeks leading up to this 500. So it originally was not going to bet on Jimmy Johnson at all. But because he's a NASCAR guy, because it's, you know, we're a NASCAR podcast here, I think I have to throw something on Jimmy, right, to support him. So he's going up against Marcus Erickson in a head-to-head matchup. Jimmy's the underdog here, minus 105. And their practice times, it seems like Erickson is a better when Jimmy is down and then when Erickson's down, Jimmy's like towards the top. He's He's been third in practice, fifth in practice. I was just shocked, really, because I thought Jimmy Johnson was terrible at any card. And to see him have good practice times really got my attention. So, hey, why can't that happen was my thought. So Jimmy Johnson versus Erickson, that was my first call out. Uh, Takuma Sato is a two-time former champion. And he is going head-to-head against Tony Kanaan, obviously a legend himself. But from what I'm seeing in practice times, uh, Sato, if that's how you pronounce his name, is absolutely killing it compared to Tony Kanaan. Like, he looks very fast, and he is minus 125 in this matchup. That is one that I'm, like, absolutely throwing down on, uh, whether it's a a parlay of head-to-heads within the Indy 500 or throwing a top five or a top 10 on um, Sato by himself. He is a driver that I'm focused on because his practice times are standing out. Like, whereas other guys are kind of fluctuating, he seems to be towards the top in most of these, you know, there's a million practices, so it's tough to be good every single time, but he's really up there. My other guy that I love every year, it's like tradition. I always throw a top 10 on Joseph Newgarden. So he's minus 118 to finish in the top 10. Um, He's my IndyCar guy, so he also has a head-head against Colton Herta, and he's minus 130 in that matchup. New Garden has been very, like, in and around the 10th area in practice, no matter what practice it's been. Um, Herta does not really seem to be doing it for me in practice, so I like that matchup head-to-head, Joseph New Garden versus Colton Herta there. And then Simon Pagano, he's going up against Helio Castroneves, and he's minus 120 in that matchup. Pagano has been just simply practicing better than Castroneves has. So um, he's minus 120 in that matchup. He's the favorite, and I seem to lean towards Pagano there as well. So um, not sure how I would land with a, a top 10 with Pagano, but in this matchup, I, I like it. So if you were to take Johnson, Sato, Newgarden, and Pagano all in one own those head-to-head matchups. It's plus 1,039. Damn good parlay payout. So I'll throw that in. But like I said, I want to get creative with the you know top 10s, top 5s from the Indy 500, different drivers, combine them with the Cup Race and Xfinity and Trucks as well. So keep your eyes peeled because we need that Memorial Day Motorsports parlays 
this weekend um, to loop everything together and, and give you action on everything all in one same vein. So that's going to wrap up the finishing position segment and a little bonus with the Indy 500. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. So now we are going to welcome on Derek at Picks by Blaze on Twitter, someone that is pretty familiar. You know, if you listen to this podcast normally, he has been on multiple times since last year, and we have uh, some unfinished business so far this year with a one-to-one score, one-to-one record piece for the full tank face-off. So um, Derek and I were talking a, a little while back about how it would be great to have him on for the Coke 600. So he's going to tell us a little bit more about what he's been up to since the last time we spoke, and we'll get into some picks for the Coke 600. So without further ado, let's bring on Derek. All right, now we are honored to have back on to the podcast once again, Derek. You can find him at Picks by Blaze on Twitter. Derek, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast once again. Phil, I appreciate you having me back on. Uh, love joining you on your show and uh, just really pumped for this week with a marquee uh, race like the uh, Coke 600. So very excited. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely. So also excited to talk Coke 600 with you. Um, we're going to get into quite a bit here, but I wanted to ask you, I, I kind of know the answer to some of this stuff, but I wanted to have you kind of explain what you've been up to this year and really specifically since the last time you came on. I don't remember what race it was, but even since that time, you've been very busy. Uh, and a lot of things have progressed and and uh, opened up. So I wanted to, you know, give the floor to you and, and tell everybody like what you've been up to. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been very busy. Um, I've been so grateful to meet so many great people within the industry. Um, you know, I'm doing stuff with the back road and doing an episode there. The garage guys uh, riding their truck. Uh, series best bets and DFS article each week uh, and then uh, doing the betting preview show which you uh, are the co-host for and you come on every week and you me uh, Skybox uh, who you had on recently great episode and uh, Rory picks and then we have a guest on each week and it is a rotating guest list we get a new guest uh, each week uh, try to keep about four different ones uh, I know Dale uh, has come on a few times uh, from the Garage Guys, but this week we have Seth uh, Wilcock from In Between Media, and uh, very excited to have him on. But yeah, I mean everything's been uh, going really well, especially with the show, um, which is Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on Twitter Spaces, which you highlight uh, each and every week on your show, and I really greatly appreciate it. Uh, I definitely see the uh, the amount of support uh, from your listeners and your followers. Uh, that come on and, and support the show each and every week. But as you know, uh, we've been just growing uh, at a rapid pace. I mean, most listeners the last few weeks, uh, last week with it being a down week and exhibition style all-star race, we didn't have as many live listeners, but boy, oh boy, with those uh, replays, they just trickled in come end of day Sunday. And, and we, uh, we hit a, a pretty big goal that I had put out there for everybody. So 
just really excited, just grateful uh, with so many people within the industry that have reached out, gotten connected, um, a lot of different conversations. It's really cool being a part of kind of like what you're doing and uh, so many others and just the ground floor level of the NASCAR betting industry and just seeing it elevate. So I've uh, been having a lot of fun and so many great shows out there, great people. So um, pumped about it. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit, um, kind of week by week, just a, a throw in here and there, but I, I don't think I've really gone into much detail around the the show itself. I mean, you and I have talked, it's, when it's live, it, it's a lot like a radio show, mm-hmm. which I get such a kick out of because growing up like listening to sports talk radio like it feels so cool to have people jumping in and wanting to you know talk and and ask questions and then kind of kick things around that part of it's so cool um but then you know like when this episode drops right if anybody's listening to this after eight o'clock on wednesday night because it is tough to to make that if you're you know busy uh you can go back and listen to it. And it seems like a lot of people are finding that, which is also really cool to see that. Like there's people that are just anxious to absorb NASCAR content right now. And it, it really is awesome. And the, the thing that I'll say to you that I've said to a couple people, like what you're doing is bridging everybody together. There's a lot of people now that are sort of like getting into the, 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 the dip in the toe in the, the water right now of, of NASCAR and, and gambling and both um, like this podcast is about, and you're kind of bringing everybody together. It's like a spider web type of thing. Uh, and that is like so cool because everybody's just in it to, to win it together. And you have found a great platform to do that. And I'm pumped to, um, you know, know you and, and be a part of that wave. And it, it's really fun because you know, the, the thing that you've been very adamant about on your show, when you talk is like the fact that you want the community to grow, right? Like I have, since I've been doing this show, I have never really put too much thought into like, you know, the the followers that I have on social media. And and I'm realizing like when people look at me from a distance, they're like, Oh, you know, not a lot of followers must be a loser. Um, but since like you've started your thing, getting a lot more traction that way and more and more people are, are jumping on. I'm like, whoa, wow, that, that's pretty cool. And you've said like we're trying to get uh, more people out there in front of, you know, people on social media that might not have seen us. So you're doing great stuff. And, and I think uh, a lot of people appreciate, you know, all of it. Well, I appreciate that. And like you said, I mean, it's all about bridging relationships, connecting one another Uh, As I've quickly found, uh, there's so many good individuals and there's so many, um, you know, individuals doing different things, podcasts, YouTube shows, um, you know, different Twitter spaces. Now Twitter spaces are starting to really uh, blow up, which is cool. I feel like we were pioneers in that um, to a degree. So that's really cool to see because it's a it's really a cool platform. And, And how I market it to people is something that you said to me weeks ago about that radio um, style meets a podcast because like you said it is um, I record each week and then that's posted on my Twitter account so you can go back and listen to those replays as much as you'd like um, similar like you can a podcast uh, on Apple or Spotify like you're listening to this so um, the radio element is really cool because it does get that listeners those listeners in um, to ask questions and then we just keep it going it's an hour show I try to really stay at an hour 
um, just to get a lot of information. But then each week, everybody knows from eight to nine, I'm going to tune in or I'm going to listen or I'm driving. I have an hour drive. That's what I'm going to pay attention to. But community involvement is everything, getting people connected, um, because we are at the ground floor. We're not uh, fantasy football or the NFL or MLB, where those industries have taken off and you have to have something so spectacular to get into those industries. Now, we are at the ground floor with NASCAR, where as we're building brands and we're being recognized and uh, advertisements, you know, you got, you have the tool hangers, uh, you know, people just reaching out and uh, getting support that way. There's all these different brands that are now seeing us, seeing um, our marketing value. And that's really cool. That's something that I'm enjoying being a part of. And I, uh, I'll finish it with this, but our guests that we get each week, there are a variety of guests. They're from different platforms. They're from different markets. And that is a whole other other element where we're able to then connect with new individuals that have not heard of the show, weren't aware of it, weren't aware of your podcast, weren't aware of Skybox or Rory. So uh, it's great opportunities that way. And we really have something I think that we're building that's special. And we're, we're only 11 weeks into this. Um, you know, so it's just crazy to think in, in, uh, in those terms. Yeah. I mean, it's in its infancy, really. When, yep. when you, if you want to think big, so Yep. It's pretty cool. And and I, I started doing this podcast a while back because I didn't really have too many people around me that would want to talk NASCAR. So it was me just basically talking into the internet. And now, you know, through your show, I've got people, um, you know, Skybox came on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Rory, I'm sure I'll have to have him on recently or in the near future. I've had uh, a guy um, Asphalt Degen, he's been on the Twitter spaces with us uh, listening. I don't know how many times he's um, talked, but he he's going to be on my podcast next week. Uh, Rye from Philly, he's my guy local. He's always in the Twitter spaces. You know, people yeah. like that were connecting and now we're bouncing things off. This is really what I was looking for. It was just like a, a group of people to bounce things off of with gambling on NASCAR. So good stuff. Um, yeah, you know. I got to stop pumping your tires here because uh, we're going to we're going to get into our, our face off in just a bit. So I got to get my game face on. Yeah. But um, let's transition to Charlotte. And I guess before that, any lasting thoughts on Texas before we move over to Charlotte officially? I mean, how, how's the taste in your mouth coming from Sunday night? Well, uh, as a fan, uh, I was. I was struggling when they called that caution uh, with Blaney just a hundred feet or so from the checkered man. I was pulling for him. Uh, obviously was hoping NASCAR would let him come down, put that window net up since he was really at the line. And with the all-star unique rules, it was just uh, you don't want a black eye, especially in an exhibition style event um, where nothing else was really going on. I know we had some NBA playoffs, but um the tires are an issue and I'm sure we'll get into that. It's the same tire code, I believe going into this week. Now we have 600 miles. Um, we saw that big wreck with uh, Bush, uh, Chastain, Elliot, and I don't know. I just, uh, I'm glad I wasn't, I actually didn't bet the uh, all-star race. I, my only bet for that day was Stenhouse to win a stage in the open plus 100 nailed that. And then I decided to just call it quits. Uh, I didn't, didn't see the value uh, personally going in and just didn't put enough resources. So um, I'm glad that Ryan won. I'm looking forward to this week, um, but I really wish uh, similar to everybody else, just 
move it to a different venue. The Rock Rockingham would be a cool one to go back to, resurrect that. Uh, but I really think in the end, two, three years, maybe you can replay this episode, but they're going to go to uh, Winston-Salem and uh, go back to the old school uh, way of racing up there. So uh, at North Wilkesboro. So pumped about that potential. Yeah, you got to hope that they're, are people in that room listening to every single person in the world saying that this isn't working? Like yep. it doesn't make sense why this is uh, still a thing. So yeah, it was tough to watch at times. And, you know, it, I, I think um, we really got to hope for a good Coke 600 to kind of wipe that away. Cause that's embarrassing. I think uh, as fans and as people who, you know, are gambling on it, it's, it's, not a good thing to have on the, the schedule at the moment. So um, let's, let's move to the Coke 600. Cause I'm, I'm kind of torn and I need you to help me out here. I get so pumped up for the Coke 600 every single year crown jewel event. That's what we'll hear people say this week. And I love it because it's the longest race in the year. I love night races. I love long night races because it's more opportunity to sit around, drink beer, watch NASCAR, cars going around the track, whatever. Um, but looking back, there's been some real stinkers. So like, is your level of excitement? Like, are you anticipating like a great race or are you just excited to watch NASCAR on a night, you know, a holiday Sunday? Like, what's your take? Yeah. So my take is this, uh, and like you documented, I mean, we've seen some really, really unfortunate races, even with the stage, uh, element, uh, put in there where they, you know, call the caution after the, uh, the stage ends, but I don't think we'll see that with this gen seven car. It has impressed so far. Um, I take last week out because Texas is just really a one groove racetrack. Um, but I really think we're going to see some good racing, uh, again, I hope the tires can hold up uh, for 600 miles. That was that's going to be an interesting factor, but that's going to create a lot of uh, maybe some of these sleepers, some of these guys down in the you know pretty good value that you could get that might uh, pull it out like Austin Dillon did a couple of years ago when he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and this race has uh, you know been one of those where first-time winners are not uh, uncommon. So. Uh, when we talk about guys like Tyler Reddick, he could be a guy that's uh, ripping it on the high line. Uh, this could fit his style. I was down at a race uh, for the Coke 600, my first one, uh, and that was the year that uh, David Ruderman won. And that was a crazy rain, this and that, couple days. Um, I'll be in Charlotte actually this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, wow. Breaking news, right? Uh, I'll be in the pits uh, watching the trucks, Xfinity. And then uh, checking out the uh, Coke 600, hopefully for some good weather. So I'm anticipating really good racing action all weekend long. I am jealous. Do you, are you like kind of going uh, pit by pit for the trucks or do you have a, a driver that you're targeting? No, it's going to be whoever I'm betting on that day. Whatever, <laughs> Whatever's in the Garage Guys fantasy sports article, whatever my head-to-heads are on. Uh, and if there's a lean or two. Uh, you know, after watching practice and qualifying, that is where you can find me. I can love it. That. Dude, that is awesome. Super yeah. jealous about that. Congrats on uh, getting down there. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's no BS, like traveling down to Charlotte from, from PA. That's a, that's an effort. So yeah. 
Yep, More leaving Thursday, awesome. getting down there. I'm taking my clubs. Uh, gonna oh, be man. trying to play some golf with the Flag Hunting Pod guys. Oh uh, my goodness! And uh, yeah, so anybody, anybody that's listening to the show, uh, if you're gonna be in Charlotte, hit me up at Picks by Blaze on Twitter. I uh, would love to uh, say hello, meet meet whoever's uh, going down. So uh, should be a good time. And but yeah, I anticipate a good race. I think the Gen Seven car is gonna uh, really produce well. Um, personally what do you think i think that it's going to be a mix um i will not hate it if we see different faces and when i say different faces i think kansas produced a different face even though he's been around forever in kurt bush Mm -hmm. um so i do think that we'll see some different guys in the mix this is it's all the cliches right it's the battle of attrition it's the who can survive the longest and and i personally hope that we don't get a race like we saw with Larson last year dominating and Truex in 2016, unless I'm betting on that person, um, then run away with it. I don't care, but you know what I mean? I mean, the, the more action, the better as we'd like to say. And I do think also that there's going to be some tire problems. I, I really do. And not only that, there's going to be, problems on pit road uh and so i mentioned this earlier i did call out a couple guys to win I, you know i recorded that stuff um before jumping on with you and for example i i think you gotta find people if you're talking about outrights um i guess this could be described for everything but specifically outright bets you need the guys that can survive adversity and who can bounce back because you mentioned tyler reddick i haven't seen that yet Right. When they have something go wrong, it ends their day. And he's had some decent finishes, two top 10 finishes at the Coke 600. But this year, mm-hmm. he has not been able, like, one thing happens and boom, that's it. He's done. And you can't have that at the Coke 600. Bad pit stop, you got to overcome it. Flat tire, got to overcome it. So you need to find guys, for example, Kyle Bush, who I think has the ability, even though he's a crybaby on the radio. He has the ability to, or that team has the ability to bounce back. Something goes wrong early, right? So in the all-star race, he gets a flat tire. If this was the Coke 600, if he doesn't get plowed from behind by uh, the the following car, flat tire, he's out of it. Everyone's like, okay, write them off. That last stage, here comes the 18. Like he's that type of guy. He's that type on that type of team. So that's who I'm thinking about. People that can overcome that type of stuff. Um, so did you have anybody, you know, we're going to get into our, our face-off new style face-off here, but, um, before we do that, anything to call out as far as outrights or any other like prop bets, uh, finishing positions, anything like that? Yeah. So, uh, when I think about, and you've been mentioning it about attrition, um, I always look at who can manage the tires the best. And personally, I always look at Denny Hamlin. I think he's one guy that has always managed his tires. Well, I know you just mentioned Kyle, but Kyle really needs to get off the truck fast. He has to have limited issues of what needs changed prior to the race. Um, we've seen them fast. Um, we've also seen the 11 be really fast. Um, but with tires being a potential issue, Denny Hamlin is a guy, uh, and I don't have his odds right in front of me, but he's a guy that I, I would definitely put my money on because I feel like that kind of checks a box of he is, he's able to save his tires probably the best. Larson is, uh, super fast. That does wear on some tires. We've seen him recently, 
um, have some incidents um, with tires. And you mentioned Tyler Reddick, uh, and you mentioned it on your show, I think it was even with Skybox, where you said, you know, he, he finishes in the 30s, then the next race is like a runner-up or T3, and then back in the 30s. Well, technically, this would be that T, uh, T5 range uh, since at Kansas, he uh, hit the wall, and uh, I can't remember what his finishing position exactly was, but it was really close to 30 if it wasn't above it. So uh, two uh, two plays that jumped out to me, uh, it was uh, Austin Dillon plus 150 to finish top 10, and Chris Busher, uh, I believe I saw that he was plus 300 to finish top 10. Uh, I'm going to verify that. Run that quick. up right now. That, yeah. So Chris Busher on DraftKings uh, yeah. plus 300. Uh, I felt like that was a little bit of a, a crazy number. Even Bubba Wallace, and I've never been on Bubba Wallace, but he did show good speed. Uh, Eric Jones is another guy that has been showing great speed the last few weeks. Uh, he obviously got into the uh, all-star race with the fan vote, but he was running pretty solid. You know, I would take him uh, maybe as a guy to surprise at that plus 200 range. Again, just to finish top 10, we're not asking these guys to win. Uh, but th that kind of a range, uh, that jumped off at me, especially the busher bet, um, just because I think he can manage everything well enough. Um, the only other one, which was a positional bet again, uh, and it was a top five play. Um, I, I know I mentioned this guy a little bit ago, but uh, or you did actually, Kurt Busch. I was surprised to see at plus two hundred, you could get Kurt Busch at a plus five uh, to a finish top five. Um, that was a guy too that I thought, all right, you know, there's nothing to hate. Showed good speed, decent speed at the All Star, but definitely at um, uh, Kansas by really dominating that. And their their mile and a half program has been pretty good. So uh, those jumped off to the page with me. I'll be honest, I haven't jumped on anything personally yet. Haven't placed anything, but. Um, those are, those are what I'm looking at right now before the numbers change. Well, I appreciate that breakdown. So for your benefit, the, the finishing position bets that I called out, um, was Stenhouse top 10 plus 100 and Hamlin top five. I loved what you're saying about Hamlin managing the tires. He was top five for plus 150. I'm going to tell you right now, Chris Busher plus 300 top 10. I'm throwing money on that as soon as we're done. Like I, if I could go back and re-record, I would include that as, as part of it. So, you know, I'm counting that as part of my, my finishing position bets. That is unbelievable. Three top tens in his last five Coke 600s. What is DraftKings looking at? Like wow. that's wild. So he's not some schmuck. And then, yeah, like Austin Dillon, I think you need something on Austin Dillon in this race in some capacity. So if it's a top 10, so be it. He's got two in the last five, including a win. So good stuff. I'm, I can ride with that, especially the Chris Busher one. I feel like I bet on Chris Busher, or at least I call him out um, on the pod for top tens a lot, but it's the value is usually around like plus 150, you know, and people are probably getting tired of me talking about him, but plus 300 is unbelievable. Like he's yeah. one that you would say like, Wow, a little bit of a surprise, top 10, but he's able to do that. So good call out by you. I'm, I'm going to ride with you on that one. I like it. All right. So now we're going to get to a full tank faceoff. Derek mm -hmm. has been on twice this year. First race of the year, Daytona 500. I was able to take the faceoff there, the win. And then Derek came back on, uh, was it Talladega, Derek? I don't remember what race that was. I was um, trying 
I was trying to think that as well. I guess that's a good problem, right? When you come on uh, a decent amount, you kind of forget what the last one was. It, it was <laughs> I was thinking it was around the Talladega race. Um, I don't think it was Bristol Dirt. Yeah, I wouldn't say Talladega. So you came on on a whim. You know, we didn't have it scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you took me down. Um, and I've actually got two losses in my last three face-offs from the guests that have been on. So, because Skybox beat me as well narrowly avoided a sweep against skybox <laughs> yeah. so uh thank you eric jones's uh back right tire um so we're doing things a little bit differently this week because of a couple of reasons one the head-to-head lines just got released like we were waiting for them all day and i was texting derek you know hey you know i'm not really seeing anything yet um so they just got released the featured matchups were available for a while but we talk about those on Wednesday night on Derek's show. So we didn't want to kind of re redo that. Um, so we're going to work off of something different. We're going to look at the group bets on DraftKings. And the way this is going to work, it's kind of like a supersized face-off is what I'm uh, advertising it as because it's the longest, it's the biggest race of the year. So why don't we do a little bit bigger this time? So the way this is going to work, I hope this kind of translates well enough to the podcast listener, but I'm going to go through the group A in DraftKings group matchups, read off the four drivers there. And what we're going to do for each matchup, A, B, and C, we're going to have a quick mini draft. Derek will go first. He'll take the first guy of those four. I'll take a second, go back to Derek and then me. And then we'll switch. I'll go first for group B and then round it out with group C. So we'll try to keep it quick. There are going to be a lot of drivers mentioned, 12 different drivers mentioned. But by taking each guy in a matchup, one of us is guaranteed to win. So that's why at the end of uh, the race, it'll be a best of three series, essentially. And the other thing is, because it's such a long race, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts with the group matchups. I don't know if you've ever dabbled into the group matchup stuff before, Derek. I I have done that. It's a tough thing to win. Like yep. it is you could take a, a guy that makes a ton of sense, and then all of a sudden somebody you know that you weren't even thinking of in the group snags the, the victory within the group. So it's a tough thing to to you know really zero in on. Um, so I'm anxious to see how this works out. So does that make sense to you since we're we're gonna do this uh, here together? And is there anything that I can, you know, explain a little bit more? No, it makes uh, perfect sense. And I think it's really cool too to do it this way because this is the longest race of the year. We're gonna see 400 laps, 600 miles. Um, and it's gonna be a 2v2 pretty much the whole way through with each of these uh, group bets. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be intense. Uh, watching how these play out because of the sports books and and these are uh, these are DraftKings that you were saying so the sports books you know match up guys that are really close together so this is going to be tight all the way through um, so no you highlighted that well I think this is going to be a great new uh, special element if you will for the listeners so looking forward to seeing how it plays out cool so I love personally i love drafts so it's gonna get my fix of a a draft as well um so let's get right to it so group a for DraftKings, the four drivers that are in that and you have first pick here it's kyle larson kyle bush who are the two favorites chase elliott and martin truex jr 
So those are the four drivers in group A. So Derek, you get to go first. Who are you taking out of that group? Yeah, with the uh, first pick of the group A draft, uh, I'm going to go Kyle Larson. And I think it's uh, obvious why. So he's at plus 230. Uh, and the other drivers that you were mentioning, they're, again, their price points are so close to that in that group. Uh, with Kyle Larson only having to beat Bush, Elliott, and Truex, uh, obviously he has extremely good equipment. Uh, the best driver, I would say, in that group. Uh, he knows how to get the most out of his car. He knows what his car needs. He, he feels issues. You know, we did, we did touch on it a, a few times now about the tire um, issue. He had a tire issue go down at Texas. He's a guy that can feel out that car, take care of it, get it to pit road if he needs to. And I like that uh, longevity uh, with that specific driver. Um, uh, give me Larson, uh, especially with Charlotte, you know, having a high line, uh, ripping it from the top. You know, he's a guy that can find the seam, get the most out of it, like I was mentioning. So um, for a guy that I need to uh, get it done, especially if he has an issue, of this list, he's the best driver uh, that I think both of us would be able to say that we can put our faith in that if he has to go back to the back, let's say the 30th spot, something happened, he can rally to the front. So with that first pick, Kyle Larson plus 230. Good stuff. Um, I can't argue with it. You know what I mean? He's, he's a favorite for the reason. So um, I am going to take someone that wouldn't be surprising. I, I called out Kyle Busch to win the race. I think Kyle Busch will win the race um, yeah. on Sunday. So I got to go with him in this group for all the reasons that I mentioned before, all the stats. Uh, but, you know, getting into that, I think if anybody else can do it, what you just mentioned come from the back is Kyle Busch for, for everything that we just talked about a second ago. Uh, I think, you know, despite the fact that it might not seem like he's uh, all there, you know, when things do go wrong, because things will go wrong. Mm -hmm. He's someone and that team can overcome it. They've proven it um, before. So I believe he's getting a run in the trucks this weekend. Um, I, I think so. And if that's the case, more more lap time uh, on the track itself. Uh, so, yeah, give me Kyle Busch you know, as my first pick in this draft. So now you are left with either Chase Elliott or Martin Truex Jr. to give yourself your duo for group A. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to pair Larson with Chase Elliott, his teammate at HMS uh, at plus 260. I love the value for Chase. Um, it was a really, it, it was pretty close to Larson, but Larson obviously got the edge. So check this out when it comes to Chase, especially in the last four races, uh, at Charlotte, where they, they're only doing the, the oval, not the uh, roval. Um, so whenever they're doing the Coke 600 uh, or, or that oval-style event, he has one win. Uh, he's got four top fives in his last four races. He's led 131 laps and has been the, uh, the best driver on that specific track uh, during the duration of that time. He's got an average finishing position. I believe it was uh, somewhere in the threes, uh, like 3.8 or uh, maybe even a little lower. But uh, I know his, his 2022 G, uh, Gen 7 metrics aren't the best. Uh, as he sits 11th in total speed ranking at mile and a half tracks, Vegas and Kansas uh, were the two included not touching uh, last week with it being an exhibition race. So uh, Chase knows how to get it done here. Uh, I think Chase could be a guy, uh, if it's not Larson, Chase could be the guy, um, you know, that kind of stamps his championship. You know, he, he just won the championship in 2020. It feels like people forget that. Um, but 
you know, he could be a guy that if he gets a victory this weekend, uh, the summer could be playing in Chase's hands. So uh, I'll, I'll hop on the hot hand potentially now. Sounds good. You're sticking me with Martin Truex Jr. And he is somebody else that I called out that I like to win the race this weekend. So I don't hate having the two guys in this matchup uh, that I called out as outright potentials here. Um, Truex, you know, when I think of uh, Coke 600, he's ingrained in my memory because of how badly he dominated that race in uh, 2016. But he's, he's got multiple wins over the last you know 10 races. 600 uh specifically he's got four or five top 10 finishes so you know when you're looking at group matchups you, you have to really play that out all of these guys are phenomenal so this matchup specifically is going to be very hard to win um they've got the the odds slightly you know different you know we've got larson at plus 230 and the spectrum on the other side is Truex plus 270 mm-hmm. i would say that they all should be kind of more bunched together um, Truex is the one out of this group that actually has the most to prove. So I think that this is a track, um, uh, it's clearly been well, he finished 29th in the last Coke 600 before that it's been great stuff. So, uh, I'm not nervous getting stuck with him by any means. I think he's uh, a good person to have on my squad. So, um, Derek has Larson and Elliot. I've got Truex and Kyle Busch, a little uh, JGR versus Hendrick situation here. So whichever driver finishes the highest of the other four, that's who gets the victory in Group A. Um, so now we will move to Group B, according to DraftKings. And I am picking first. And I'm torn here, Derek. The, the drivers in Group B are, and I'm reading them from the shortest odds to the longest, but it's the same almost the same exact odds as uh, the guys from group a Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, and Tyler Reddick. So I'm very torn here. I don't really want to show my hand, uh, but I'm going to go. Oh man. I didn't, I guess I should have spent a little bit more time knowing that I was going to be picking group B first. Um, I'm going to go with, Hamlin. I'm, I'm hesitant for a couple of reasons. One, I've already got two JGR guys in the first matchup and now I'm taking a third guy. We're not, uh, oh no, Christopher Bell is in the next matchup. So who knows? Maybe I'll get stuck with all of them, but I caught out Chevy as my, uh, bet of the week. And I don't have any Chevy drivers, but I got to go with Hamlin. I mean, you were talking about him earlier. He makes a lot of sense. Um, his, you know, speed ratings at Vegas and Kansas, he's, t- he's second um, average, those two spots right now. So he's fast right now. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier in the, the top five section, you know, I like what I'm seeing from him at Texas, even though it was an all-star race, liked seeing that top five finish at Kansas. That's big. So I think the 11 team is, is starting to put it together. So um, I got to go with him in this matchup. So who are you going to counter me with? And I'll see if I get the guy that I wanted. Okay. Well, you, you just might. Um, I'm going to go on a limb a little bit. And I've been saying this on a few shows. I was on the uh, sports gambling podcast network. Uh, and I've been mentioning it on my Twitter account. Uh, as well. So uh, I'm going to stick to what I've been saying and I'm going to back this. I said 
Tyler Reddick will win in the month of May. Uh, this is the last race in May. Again, we've talked about some of the different lines, uh, different grooves uh, that the drivers can run. So uh, a little bit of a surprise pick. Uh, and we just kind of talked about, you know, he finishes 30th, finishes uh, near the, you know, running a couple runner ups. Uh, this would be one of those races that he does well. So Tyler Reddick for me, uh, you know, gets his first win, uh, which would be really cool or just beats everybody here in this group. But I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Tyler Reddick come end of day Sunday. Uh, in a in the uh, Coca-Cola 600. So give me Reddick uh, can get the most out of his car. Uh, I'm I'm going to be holding my breath a lot because he's been in a lot of uh, different accidents. Some of not uh, his own doing. Tires going down. Auto Club, uh, Atlanta, uh, Kansas. He was running well. Uh, so he's had his fair share of problems. But similar to Denny, you know, Denny had a lot of bad luck. Was very fast. Uh, maybe Reddick can just you know, avoid having some bad luck, be fast, be consistent, get good pit stops and uh, be there at the end. So give me Tyler Reddick, a little bit of a surprise uh, at plus 270 to win the group. I am shocked. Absolutely shocked. Cause now you're putting me in a pickle with the last two guys, two that are left right now are Blaney and Byron, um, two future brother-in-laws. So um, I just want to touch on Reddick for a second here. Um, I, I am with you, right? I, I am with you. I think most people in NASCAR fandom is with you. They think Reddick's going to get it done, but I just don't see it right now. Like, I think it, he, he still has some things that have to, you know, he's got to work through. So if he were to get it done, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I, who knows? Sunday is going to be a long day. I'm golfing Sunday. I'll get drunk. I'll probably throw something on just a bunch of people, uh, very small amounts. And Reddick will probably be one of them. But in my normal sober, you know, these are my bets. This is my card uh, situation. I, I can't get behind them until I see more consistency. Um, so I hope you're right because I have season bets on him. But um the for this matchup hey you're leaving me with two really good guys i thought i was going to get whatever was left over between byron and blaney so what i'm going to go for here is william byron um i love blaney as well i've said it on your show last week i think he's a championship contender still he backed it up the all-star race but for the simple reason of we have only seen one time in recent history i gave up looking uh we had Larson last year win the all-star race and then win the Coke 600 the week later. Other than that, there's been nobody that I could find going back a decade. So I'm just fading Blaney um, in that sense. So in addition to that, I really like Byron this year. He was hot for a while, started to cool off a little bit. I think this is a racetrack that they get to flex their muscles. I think Hendrick is great at, this racetrack and I need something on, you know, the guys at Hendrick. That's one of the reasons why I'm taking Chevy overall minus 120 is because I, I just need something on these guys. Cause it's really tough to tell this early in the week who has it. And I think Byron is uh, someone that could pop up and be like, wow, you know, he's dominant. He did it at Martinsville, different track altogether, but no one really expected what we saw there. So Byron, Two top tens in four races, one top five. I, I think he's a, a solid pick here. So fading the, the all-star race winner and getting a, a Hendrick driver who is, you know, up and coming right now. So you're stuck with Blaney. Yeah, I don't, I don't know think, how you feel about it. Yeah, I don't think 
I don't think you're wrong in uh, wanting to fade Blaney. I actually would not have, uh, I would have done the same actually. Uh, I would have tried to give you personally, um, Ryan Blaney obviously showed a good speed, but there were a lot of accidents that happened in front of him uh, that I think he was the beneficiary uh, of it all. And uh, I, you know, he would have been a guy I was going to fade this week. Um, I'll pull for him in this group. Um, but that's the uh, really cool thing about what we're doing is we just need one guy that we're uh, on our side to win this bet. So for anybody that's not done any group betting, you're just doing one versus three of these groups. So, um, you know, he's he won the all-star race. He might be able to, to find a little bit more magic. Maybe this is a momentum uh, changer for them and that team. So, um, you know, welcome Ryan Blaney on my team. You're my backup running back. I will start you in my bye week this week. <laughs> I like it. I mean, one of the reasons why I was thinking about taking Blaney was because he's uh, sixth on speed rating right now for the mile and a half. So that's better than everybody except for Hamlin um, in this matchup. So, you know, there's some hope there, uh, I think. But so the to recap, Group B, Derek has Tyler Reddick and Ryan Blaney, and I have Denny Hamlin and William Byron. So whatever one of those four comes out victorious. That'll give us the dub. And then to wrap it up, we've got group C on Barstool. Now we're getting into some of the, you know, a little bit more difficult selections here, Derek. Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano. You have the first pick in group C. Who do you got? Okay, so this is going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, there are some names on there. Kurt Busch that just recently won at Kansas. Christopher Bell, uh, you know, seems like he's fast every week. But I'm going to go Alex Bowman at plus 240. When I need a guy that's going to get it done for me, get a solid finish, you know, a lot of people have dubbed him the new closer, if you will. And if we think of Kevin Harvick, who's currently still the closer until he retires, Kevin uh, always got it done. Alex uh, gets no love, gets a lot of uh, people looking past him. But when I need a guy that's just going to finish well, especially as we get into group C here, uh, he's got the HMS power, uh, works out of that stable, has respectable finishes, and uh, maybe a little bit of surprise to the people, but uh, it may be even to you. But Alex Bowman will be my first choice uh, in the group C. Not a surprise, because if I was going first, that's who I would have chosen. I, I love Bowman this week. I, I'm upset with myself for not calling him out um, in the, the outright section of this podcast. But, you know, I think I did mention, like, he's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm in on the Chevy camp. Um, I think Bowman at plus 1400, I think he's sneaky good. He, he's he's, you know, kind of waiting in the wings. So good pick here in this group. I think he will win this group. Uh, but. If I'm forced, which I am under my own rules here, uh, to take someone else, I'm going to go with Kurt Busch. Got to go with the hot hand, the, the Wiley veteran. You, you know, he got it done. And if Kurt had won Kansas and this was the race after, I'd probably be looking at somebody different. But we had that all-star race to kind of get that, you know, juice out of the way you know what i mean and now it's back and it's business time and kurt's numbers at the coke 600 specifically are pretty decent three top tens in the last five coke 600s um so not too shabby his mile and a half speed so far this year is, is tied for ninth with william byron he's right behind alex bowman um so 
I got to go with Kurt just from the experience factor because, uh, you know, we talked about Bowman and how I liked him, but Kurt's got the most experience of all of these guys. He's the the grandpa of this group. And I, I think that we got to ride the hot hand while you can, because Kurt can be streaky, especially this error of his career. So uh, I want to try to stay on top of it. So we're going to go with Kurt Busch here as my first pick in uh, this group. Mm-hmm. So you've got two yeah. left to choose from and it's uh, Joey Logano and Christopher Bell. So who are you choosing and uh, see who I end up with? Yeah. So if I went safe, let's just say with Alex Bowman at plus 240 in my first pick, I'm going to go a little bit of high upside, if you will. Again, another uh, draft terminology that we like to use, especially in the summertime. Uh, high upside guy would be Christopher Bell. We uh, obviously has similar style of racing um, to guys like Kyle Larson, uh, Tyler Reddick. So uh, when I want a guy that's going to get the most out of his car, uh, it would be Christopher Bell of this group. However, there does come with a risk with that um, because sometimes he can get a little in over his head. Uh, I'm going to take him off my do not bet list uh, for this week only. I'll make a uh, full tank with Phil podcast uh, special <laughs> uh, by taking him off that list and putting him, uh, you know, maybe even as a, a potential play here, maybe throw half a unit quarter unit on it just to have a little action on him in this group. So uh, Christopher Bell, he could be a guy that could surprise, if you will, from this group. Um, but if he can give me all 400 laps, if he's there, uh, 350 laps, and there's 50 laps to go, and he's still in the mix, um, he's going to win this group far and away. I, I, I know that for a fact. Good pick. Um, I, I thought that you were going to you know, take Logano, and I would have all four of the uh, JGR cars, which would have been uh, very funny to end up that way. But – you know, you've got Seabell. That's fine with me. Um, I think that you made the right choice, if I'm being honest. Uh, Logano is just such an enigma right now. Uh, saw that it was his birthday today or, or maybe yesterday. My birthday's on Thursday, so maybe I got a little vibe there with, uh, with Joey. But uh, typically, you know, he's not one that I would vibe with. He just, I don't know, at, at Charlotte, his average finish is the last five Coke 600 is better than a couple of these guys, but um, he's only got one top 10. Um, and I think he's got a, one of them is a win. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I could be mistaken there. Maybe I'm risking me. No, it's a top five. Sorry. So he's got one top five, one top 10, two top 15s in five starts. Like that's not really making me too uh, thrilled and his speed right now on mile and a half in 2022, not phenomenal, but somehow some ways drive rating this year on all tracks is not too shabby. It's better than everybody in this matchup. So it's, he's such an enigma, like I was saying. So if I'm stuck with him, fine. You know what I mean? I, I, I would feel like it's more of a risk to take Joey. If, you know, either of us had taken him one, two or three, but to get stuck with him. I'm not going to be too bent out of shape about it because he's shown potential this season in uh, in little flares, but I need more of them to actually throw real bets down on them. So um, that's my take on Logano. So to recap there, Group C in DraftKings, we've got Alex Bowman for Derek and Christopher Bell for Derek. I've got Kurt Busch and Joey Logano. So we'll see who comes out victorious in that group. That is going to be 
the slobber knocker. Like it's going to be tough to see who makes it out alive in that group that very well could decide it. So um, yeah, good stuff. Hopefully that wasn't too complicated, you know, not coming out of the all-star race, nothing could be more complicated than that goddamn thing. So, you know, hopefully that was easy to follow as the listener and I'll post the, the graphic out there, you know, with our uh, initials next to each guy um, and make sure that, you know, we make it clear for anyone who wants to look at that and follow along that way as well. I'm going to be referring to it. I'll probably post it on Instagram and then pull up Instagram like 16 times during the race to remember like, who the hell do I have? Um, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Long race and a lot of calculations to, to do in our heads here. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, we got two V two across the board here, which is really cool to watch uh, six different drivers a piece, a uh, lot of action on the track. So even if one, uh, one guy goes down, you still got another 1v2 in that same group. So uh, I think it's really cool. I, I think it was a really cool idea by you coming up with this idea. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how competitive it is on Sunday, which I believe it will be. Yeah, I this one of the reasons why, you know, I mentioned this to Derek via text earlier, but like when we didn't have head to heads to choose from, I was starting to panic because I knew that we were talking tonight and, you know, trying to think of something to do. But after uh you know kind of threw this out there to him i'm thinking to myself you know let's say kyle larson just runs away with this race i'm gonna need something to keep me interested you know what i mean and that's why you gamble on nascar it's to make these things interesting even if you do have a guy running away with it so uh no matter what happens we'll have some some skin in the game uh in the back of the pack so it should be fun um got two things here for you Derek and and then anything else you want to add but I wanted to ask you about your Twitter handle so your Twitter handle at picks by blaze you've been on here a bunch I've been on your show since uh, you've been doing it this year and I don't think that's ever come up and so and I've I saw uh, a couple other the podcasts out there flag hunting and and the back roads you know saying you know Derek Yoder uh, so I was wondering, what's the Picks by Blaze Twitter handle and, and what's the meaning behind it? Yeah, uh, nobody's ever asked me, actually. So this is uh, breaking news, if you will. <laughs> but I wanted to come up with my account. I wanted to come up kind of with an alias name uh, before I attached my name to it, which I did about two months ago, putting uh, my full or my name on there uh, with Picks by Blaze. So uh, obviously give out picks. That was kind of an element I wanted to do. But the Blaze portion uh, is actually, we have a, uh, a Siberian Husky named Shadow. Uh, Shadow Blaze uh, is his name. And uh, I, I just wanted to include uh, a really kind of cool, catchy name. And Picks by Blaze seemed really cool. Um, caught a lot of attention early. Uh, my Action Network account is Shadow Blaze. I uh, wasn't able to put Picks by Blaze on there. So uh, Shadow Blaze is, is my name over there at the Action Network. So uh, Siberian Husky, seven years. And uh, one day just decided that's what my name's going to be. Felt cool enough. Um, and that's what I went with. That makes sense. I, I never understood what that was. And, you know, so when you hit big picks, like does uh, your dog like, no, like, does he have like 
a sixth sense there and get like excited about what's going on or uh, is he just along for the ride? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm sure the, uh, the dog gives off some good juju uh, somehow in some way, especially uh, with the truck series. I feel like the dog has been lights out uh, in maybe some of that uh, good juju, um, you know, Siberian Husky, um, you know, kind of mojo there. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's just, that's kind of how that element worked out. Um, which I, yeah, which I'm happy to kind of say how it was. I was trying to think of a name that was, that was the one that kind of came to me, uh, first it stuck. And with the blaze portion, it's been really cool. Cause I used the fire emoji. I've been trying to use that a lot as a blaze element. Um, so I've been trying to kind of float that around Twitter a decent amount now just to kind of get uh, a little movement going that way. So maybe I'll come out with t-shirts of the flame emoji at some point. And, uh, but shadow, uh, I've actually, I will say this, I was working on a, uh, uh an image, a logo, uh, for my brand, uh, and it will debut eventually of uh, a Siberian Husky. Um, so, uh, that's, that's perfect. Work. So way to call it out. Yeah, no, I was always interested in that. Always forgot to ask you when yeah. we were uh, talking. So mm-hmm. very cool. Good to know. Yeah. So then I'm going to put you on the spot for the last question that I had. And I actually just thought of a bonus question. But um, the, the other thing that I had on the docket to ask you, I I don't think I've talked about this on the, the podcast, but I got brought into a, um, a fantasy NASCAR league by a guy I play hockey with. And it's like kind of his you know, league or his brother's league. And I'm just a, a random dude in the league. I don't know anybody on there except for my, uh, my hockey teammate. So all this is each week, it's phenomenal. I think it's like so simplistic that it's genius. All it is, you pick two guys and you submit them and that's it. You get four picks each. You can only pick them four times a year. So you got to kind of manage who you're taking or whatever. And I'm in third place right now. I'm doing pretty well, had a rough start to the year. I want you to give me one pick. I, I need you invested in this with me because it's like such a razor thin thing. Like if you take someone and they, they shit the bed, then you're really in trouble. Um, so give me your pick. Who do I pick this week as one of my uh, two selections for the Coke 600? Well, I don't know how many times you use this guy. Uh, hopefully it's less than two, uh, but Danny Hamlin would be my pick uh, this week. I don't know again, how many times you've actually used him. Um, but Hamlin would be my pick for this week. Uh, Coca-Cola branded, uh, you know, marketing, uh, guy for the sport. And, uh, you know, we talked about tires a little bit, who's going to get it. Who's, who's going to probably finish the race. He's shown plenty of speed has had some bad luck. Um, definitely you have to hold your breath when it comes to the pit road element, because he has a lot of issues, um, with that. But I feel like Denny's very, very, very close to rattling off a number of wins in a row. You may be on the right side of this. And Phil, you and I got together uh, for Atlanta. Your family came up. I know you've mentioned it on your pod. You did mention the fantasy uh, element. I'm glad to hear you're in third because at that time you were saying you had a bad stretch of luck where all your guys were crashing. You told me who you had. I had William Byron as my only outright play. You were at my house. William Byron won that race. So could this be the juju that we needed for two in a row? Give us Denny Hamlin. So I love it. That was a a big turning point. I think that might've been my first win. I ended up hitting with Chastain a week later, you know, right around there. Um, So yeah, I've only taken Hamlin once this year. 
So it's a phenomenal pick without you even knowing the, the context around it. So I'm literally clicking Denny's name as we speak. And uh, yeah, I'll have to kind of cook up my second driver as the week goes on. But I wanted to rope somebody else in uh, to this. So since you were on this week, I needed to you know suck you into that. Here's what I'm going to do, Phil. Denny Hamlin wins on Sunday. I am FedExing you a whole can of Coca-Cola <laughs> to your house. Via FedEx, Coke, everything, a whole branding, sending it to your house. Got to celebrate that. Uh, you know, maybe the adult be- beverage version would be the Jack and Coke, uh, Jack and Cola, as uh, uh, the local uh, wine or uh, sorry, liquor uh, stores have. So you might get a care package, let's just say, uh, if we can hit that Danny Hamlin. Uh, Love it. That would be cool. Love it. We're all, we're in on Denny in multiple different ways this yeah. week. Talked about him a bunch on uh, this conversation. So, uh, yeah, I've got plenty of. I'm looking behind me right now. Plenty of whiskey uh, to mix that Coke with. So I, I would gladly accept that. Um, good stuff. So then, yeah, I want to let you go here. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but uh, maybe it's too early in the week. But you are contributing to the Garage Guys truck. Uh, write-ups each week, best bets and daily fantasy. Have you given the trucks any look so far this week? I know I haven't yet, um, but I wanted to throw that out there and and see, you know, any early thoughts. Yeah. So uh, a couple things because they just did get released here recently. Two two main items to note for anybody that's looking to bet on the trucks this week. Uh, we have Kyle Bush in the field. Kyle's right now going off on DraftKings at plus. 125. We also have Ross Chastain uh, making his appearance again. I think this is his fourth uh, appearance. He's been pretty quick in that truck, just no finishes uh, of worthwhile. Um, So he's in the series this week. Um, You know, I I do a lot and you know this. uh, I actually uh, tailed one of your plays uh, from the weekend uh, that I put in my parlay uh, on the site. You mentioned it on the uh, actually on the Uh, NASCAR betting preview show uh, Wednesday nights that we do about uh, Ty Majeski over Corey Heim. Uh, And that one, I said at the very end, I don't like that play. I love that play. Ty Majeski has been so fast. Um, So I'm going to definitely give him a look Uh, right now. Matt Benedetto is uh, going up against Tyler Ankrum. Ryan Priest going up against the guy that won last week, Stuart Friesen. So um, there's a number number of matchups here I want to look at. Uh, Christian Eckes, I'm seeing this now. Carson Hosevar, Christian Eckes, minus 115, both minus 115. I would go with the Christian Eckes side. That might be in the write-up for the Fantasy Guys uh, Sports uh, Fantasy or Garage Guys Fantasy Sports website. Um, but that's just kind of my early. I'll, I'll be diving in a few a little bit more, but. Yeah, having those guys, I mean, Ben Rhodes right now going off at plus 1,500 to win with uh, those two Cup Series guys. He's he's the sixth uh, favorite right now and at plus 1,500. So uh, have you been able to dive into it at all? Um, Like I said, I'll be at the track, in the pits, truck night in America. I'm going to be going crazy for uh, some of these plays. So I'm looking forward to really diving in deep. But was there a play or two that you jumped off at the table to you? So – to see Kyle uh, plus 125, that gets your attention. So my mind goes a couple different ways. One, I have to take that, like have to. If you remember to start the season, his first race when he dropped down, he was like minus 170. And I think we said with Rory on uh, on your show, like 
you still have to take that. Like that's unbelievable that it's not minus 200. Kyle hasn't been able to get it done all year. Any of the cup guys, except for William Byron, um, haven't been able to get it done when you think that they would. So, you know, that is less scary to me. So I need to take Kyle for the insurance play. I'm not touching Ross because he just hasn't shown, you know, he hasn't scared me at all. Um, And then that makes me more interested in some of these guys further down the list. Like you mentioned, Ben Rhodes, what does Ben Rhodes need to do to get some respect from the books? This is a track that he could easily get it done at. Um, Plus 1500 is just monster, monster payout. So, you know, things have to shake his way, but those types of guys, I mean, I'm never not on Zane Smith. Um, So, you know, he's, he's another one that you're going to get better value on because there's some cup guys in it. And so you, you put your insurance policy in with Kyle Bush, and then you start looking down the list at some guys that could give you a decent ticket. Okay. So rapid fire, because you just touched it on Kyle Bush and Ben Rhodes, Kyle Bush, like you said, to win the race plus plus one twenty-five. I can get Ben Rhodes at plus plus one twenty-five to finish top five. Which one do you like more? Do you like the Kyle Bush route of outright or uh, the Ben Rhodes plus 125 to finish just top five. I like Ben top 25 or excuse me, top five, because give me that uh, top 25 plus. Yeah. That. that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Someday, someday we'll have the ability to manipulate it. Like we can with like baseball uh, over unders, but um, I like Ben Rhodes top five because, you know, I've taken Kyle every single time this year and you know, it just hasn't worked out. So it's so hard to win an outright bet in NASCAR. It doesn't matter who it is. So when you're throwing, you know, if, if I had a hundred hours to play with, I like giving myself a little bit more, a uh, little bit more to play with a little bit more leash and Ben Rhodes top five, Kyle Busch could still get it done and could still win the race, but I still hit with Ben, even if he finishes fourth. So I, I like that more of a leash because I think Ben is going to be a factor this weekend and that's without um, digging too far into the stats, but uh, that's just my early, early uh, week gut feel. So I can't wait. I'm so jealous that you're, you're going to the truck race, man. That, that is, that is so cool. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Eight 30 on Friday night, uh, obviously under the lights. I know weather's about 50, 50 right now. Um, so it might get kicked to Saturday, but man, if they can race under the lights to see that, um, uh, that would be cool because the truck race, as you know, uh, and you highlighted every single week, which is great because the more we can get, uh, viewers into that, that's the minor leagues. That's the guys that are up and coming. Um, that's the guys that, you know, you can make a lot of money in the truck series because some of the 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 variety of odds that you can play a guy like Kyle Busch being in the series this week has really inflated those odds um like we said about Ben Rhodes plus 1500 uh you know you even got guys down to like Ty Majeski who's been so fast plus 250 to finish top five so uh it really enhances some enhances some of those odds um and I'm pumped I'm pumped to uh really dive into the truck stuff tomorrow um so that I can publish my article before I I leave from PA awesome well, uh, I hope you have some safe travels, have some fun times down there, hit some bets, you know, in those uh, pits. If you hit a, a on an outright while you're in the pit, that's going to be a, a hell of a video. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, we get to see that. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on again. Um, and like we've talked about with the betting preview, NASCAR betting preview show uh, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Uh, you can find it on uh, at Picks by Blaze. Uh, Phil tweets it out a decent amount as well. He's always on the show. Rory Picks, Skybox. Again, this week we have Seth, Seth Wilcox of the uh, In Between Media uh, Network. So uh, love that Action Network. You can find me on there. Maybe verified here in the coming days. So uh, look for that news to be dropped. And then uh, again, anybody that's going out to the uh, races. Uh, this weekend in Charlotte, hit me up. I would love to say hello and uh, uh, let's see what we can uh, make have ha or have happen uh, this weekend. So thanks again, Phil. I really appreciate you having me on. Always a fun time. And we're going to see who wins this rubber match uh, for the, the face-off so far halfway through the year. So um, good luck to you. So thanks to, to you, Derek. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to Derek for joining me this week to talk to Coke 600. Make sure you get out there and support him in all the different ways that he had mentioned. And let's have a great race, a great Memorial Day weekend, great weekend of motorsports. Get all your bets in early and let's make some money. Because next week we've got a brand new track to talk about in Gateway and a new guest joining us to talk about it. So remember, drive fast and take chances, and we will see you next week for Gateway.